It's always good to be here, Pastor Greg. And I, and I really do believe I'm amongst family without question. And if you're new family, uh, the way it works in the kingdom of God is that get used to each other. We'll be spending eternity together. So uh, if you don't like what I have to say, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, we've got really thick skin. But I, I do have something to share with you today that I think is important. And first, I do want to make sure I introduce my beautiful wife, Melissa. And we've been married 28 years. Our children, if you guys remember Adam and Noah, Adam, just give you a quick update on family. Uh, Adam's married. He married a wonderful, wonderful young lady. She's a four-square pastor up in Yakima, Washington, and leads worship. And uh, he chases her around and does well. We get to see him on Monday for Thanksgiving. He's coming in town uh, up in Sparks. And then uh, my youngest son, uh, Noah, is actually in town today. He should be at second service, I think. We'll see. He went out and had he went out with some friends last night, so I'm hoping that he makes it to church. We'll see what we'll see we'll see where his priorities might be a little bit, but um, uh, he's doing very well, and he's 23. So our kids are 26, 23, and doing well. And you guys, I share that because a lot of you here even helped in my life, uh, raise me who I am, and encouraged me as the man that I have uh, got to become, the husband, the father, all that stuff. It's, it's a lot of your examples that I, I am thankful for. And that's a little bit I want to talk about today is this word grateful. And I, I entitled my teaching, Finding Gratefulness. And I think it's important that we sometimes take out that magnifying glass because it's real easy the longer you hang out with somebody or hang out in a place or, or just live this life to lose that gratefulness. Come on, right? Just think about it. I've been married 28 years and I guarantee my jokes are less funny to my wife than they were when we got married. Anybody married for a while? Get what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and, and, and they actually don't get better. There's not a lot of hope for them growing even better. But that gratefulness is something you have to continue to look for and search after. And obviously it's Thanksgiving, and I was talking to Pastor Joey a little bit about coming, and I was going to be here for some other stuff. And so we decided to, to go ahead and open up the pulpit and let me share. And I just want to share something that's just near and dear to my heart and one of it's, it's, it's a thankful to you. It's a gratefulness to you. But hopefully it's also an encouragement to you to cherish the most important things. Because if you're not careful, it's very easy uh, to lose those important things because we don't find them great. We're not grateful anymore. So let's start by just doing a, some word definition, though, which is real important. Sometimes in this world, and you might even see this in your relationships, people say a lot of words and they, they, we don't all have the same meaning for them. So thankfulness, I want you to know, is the thought or a feeling. So I'm thankful. It's that thought or the feeling. So this word gratefulness is the appreciation of an action. So I'm grateful uh, that you, these guys opened up the door for me to come share with you. I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for them at large, but I'm grateful for an action. I'm grateful for what happened. And then gratitude is another word that's thrown out there, is that emotion behind both of these answers. So you might be feeling gratitude for something, and it's because those two kind of almost find marriage or find each other, and, and it's an awesome thing. So just understand those words as we kind of go. But to start with this, I want to talk about what happens if we remove gratefulness, if we remove that. Now, you might find yourself in this spot right now. Maybe you are living this life out, and you're struggling finding gratefulness, so you might recognize a few of these. But over the years of pastoring, now I've been a pastor for about 28 years, serving in different capacities, and 
I've seen this not only in my own life, but I've had the honor of trying to cheerlead for many as they walk through some of these moments. So I'd like to say one is without gratefulness, you can be surrounded by people who truly love you, truly love you, and you still are very lonely, still very lonely. I don't know if you've ever been there where you, you've seen yourself, you're around people, and I know I have some slides on this over here. If you look, I've seen people look like this inside of a church. I've seen people look like this inside of a marriage. I've seen people look like this, and they have thousands of people around them. What happened here? Now, there might be a lot of other components, but one of it could be easily is that you've just stopped appreciating those things around you. Another one is without gratefulness, you can, you, you can be created for an amazing purpose and not want to get out of bed. See, I believe without question is every one of us are created with this amazing purpose, handcrafted by God to produce something amazing that only you can do. But for some reason, this world and the things around us tear that away, and that doesn't seem to be the thing we focus on anymore. And so we find ourselves in that situation right there, where that's where we tend to sit, not willing to take the step out into whatever. And I believe this gratefulness is part of it, because God did something for you. He created you with a purpose. Now, you may be, and you might say, well, at this age, I should know what that is if I was going to find it. It's never too, long, too, too late to grow and to, to, to learn what God has for you. Our church knows this too well. How many of you guys remember Marty Ward? Okay. She, she told us she was 65 when she went. How old was she, Pastor Greg? 75. Come on. I'm not kidding. She told us she lied to us. She said she was 65 when she, when she went to Africa. And we wouldn't have let her go probably when she was 75. So she didn't tell us until she got back true. So you sit back and you look at this. You can have that purpose. Age does not matter. We can grow, we can learn, and we can make a difference. Another thing, without gratefulness, you can have amazing possibilities, but be stuck on the side of the road. See, I think God's always up to something. He's always up to some miracle. He's always ready to do something, even when you're not. But sometimes we just say, we're done. I can't deal with this. I can't. And, and we stop focusing on the right things. Without gratefulness, you might just walk away from the most important things. Sadly, I've seen people do this way too often. We've done it. You know, we've done this in life. We walk away from things that should never be walked away from. It doesn't mean God's forgiveness isn't there, and this is not a beat-up session for anybody because we've all had these moments. But it's one of those things that we can learn from either our own mistakes or other mistakes. You don't have to keep doing this. And then without gratefulness, the most valuable things will turn to dust. There are things in our life that I would challenge you that are worth your time. They're worth you taking a little more time to slow down and let God be and do what he wants in your midst. Here's a little quote I came up with, so I put my little initials on it. It says, gratefulness, thankfulness, and gratitude are the outcome of a person that sees what he does have as being larger or more precious than what he does not have. I'm going to say it again because I want to make sure you grab this. Because this is really the essence of today's teaching. The, the gratefulness, thankfulness, and the outcome of gratitude, that motion, are the outcome of a person that sees what he does have as being larger and more precious than what he does not have. So important. So many times we look around, and I, I don't mind having this, but then I look over at your bigger jug of water, and I'm all, ooh, why do I have this small bottle of water? 
Why don't I have what you have? And then we get upset and all those kind of things. Reminds me of my dogs. We have three dogs, and we could get them a toy, and if one looks like it's having more fun with it than the other, what do you think my other dog does? He'll drop his toy and go try to take that toy from the other. No different than what we do all the time. Now, I brought a cookie as an example today of gratefulness for me. I want to explain this because it's important you catch this. This is a chocolate chip cookie from Crumble. Anybody have one of these yet from Crumble? Okay. Now, in truth, I don't like chocolate. It's a chocolate chip cookie. Okay. I want you to catch this. I don't like chocolate. You might think I'm crazy, and it might be a little bit, and it's kind of wasted because my wife's an incredible bake baker. But this cookie has some things in it I don't like. But it also has some things in it I do like, some ingredients that work just fine for me. But if I focus all my attention on the chocolate chip only, then this thing loses all its value. I cannot be grateful for anything in it. All of a sudden, it's no good. Now, I want to tell you, my sweet wife now makes me chocolate chipless cookies. That's true, actually. They are the best. So they're just perfect. But in this cookie, this particular cookie, it would not work for me, if, and especially the more I focused on the chocolate chips. Because I just would say, why would I eat that? I don't like that. Well, take this to things we do in life. A lot of us have sprinkled in life, if you're honest with yourself, some things that are just hard. Life is real. People are real. Sometimes even you, in the best of intentions, hurt people, right? Come on. How many of you have ever hurt somebody you love? Oh, wait, we're all the same, right? How many of us ever feel like we've let God down in some sense? All of us can raise our hand. So we all have these sprinkles, and if we focus on them, all of a sudden, all the ingredients of this life are no good anymore. Now you're sitting in bed, can't move, stuck on the side of the road, not doing anything, because you're focused in this way. Now, I did come with the intention of giving away this cookie. You two can share that. There you go. There you go. There you go. See, I bribe people when they come to church. There you go. <laughs> so a couple things I want to focus on here. And then we're going to get into some scripture. These are things that you can control, things that you can be a part of. One, you can choose what you focus on. This is what you, you can be a part of. What are you going to focus on? Now, this is a daily decision you're going to have to make, but you get to decide. The perspective you have. Now, you might say, I can't change my perspective because it's what I see. That's not true. Do you know what perspective is? Perspective is just my line of sight, right? My perspective. How do I change my perspective? Now, did my perspective change? Come on. Yeah. So when you say, no, I'm stuck, this is all I can see. Well, move your feet. Get moving. Do something different. Go around something else. Go find another way to look at this thing because the way you're looking at it could be the problem. And then your personal expectations. Take this cookie, for example. If I choose to focus on the chocolate chip cookie, what happens? Come on. Talk to me. It's no good, right? What happens if all my perspective is just staring at that, maybe I could turn it upside down. Maybe I could cut out the little chocolate chip cookies. I don't know. There's some different things we could do. And my expectations, what if I expected never to have a chocolate chip cookie in my cookie? Matter of fact, that happened the other day. No lie. She did make one that actually got one lost in there, and I was all, oh, no. But the cookie was still good. I just didn't eat that part. But I'll just tell you, it's important we, we focus in on this. Now, Luke chapter 7 is an incredible, is an incredible story to me. 
that I want to kind of dive deep into today and let you just walk with Jesus for a moment. Because Jesus is always trying to teach this message. I think his whole life had to do with reminding people how great his father was and what they have done. So in verse 36 of chapter 7, it says, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. I want you to point this out. Pharisee came and said, hey, will you come dine with me? He said, yes. He wants to spend time with this Pharisee. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Now, we don't know what sin she actually has for particularly, but we would assume that she might be someone with perfume, someone who maybe uh, is a prostitute of some sort and these kind of things. So with that said, that's what we believe is there. Um, it doesn't necessarily say exactly, but we can assume that. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. It would seem like this is a beautiful sight. I mean, what we kind of know of Christ and things. Well, this Pharisee didn't see it that way. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, yeah, so himself means hello self, internally. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. And I love this part. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Because you ever been there at a point in your head or in your mind, you're thinking something or you're, or you're, you're somewhere, and all of a sudden you feel God like knocking on your heart? Hey, I have something to tell you. And you're like, oh, no, is that God's voice? Is that the Lord? Is he tweaking me? And I tell you right here, God is having a moment. He is having a teaching moment. And I think it's important we, we grab this because sometimes this is the problem. I'm going to keep reading. We'll come back and see what we can learn from this whole thing. And he says, tell me, teacher. And he said, now, here's is how Jesus says. He said, I'm going to lay out this story for you. He said, one owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Which of them would be more grateful? Which one do you think would be more grateful? Someone who had all of this debt or someone with this little debt? Both have been forgiven. Which one would be more? And, he, and Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Now, this is where it gets fun. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever's been forgiven, little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now, the dichotomy of looking at this is interesting. Because one, the Pharisee is upset. Maybe that she didn't come in and wash his feet. See, the problem here is that this Pharisee sees Jesus as a peer. This Pharisee does not see Jesus as the Son of God. He doesn't understand what's happening. But he's not grateful for the Savior, but this woman is. He actually thinks he's not a sinner compared to this woman. 
Think about this. When Jesus asked him, which one had the more sin? Do you think the Pharisee's thinking, oh, I should be more grateful? No, he's looking at the woman saying, no, you should be more grateful. You're right. She should be because she has the bigger sin. I bet you in Jesus' mind, he's thinking she's the only one here who gets it. She's the only one that's understanding, the only one that's grateful. You, this religious person who thinks you have it all together, you, you're the one that's the least grateful, probably walking in more sin, diseased in our heart, than this woman over here who has these issues. It's interesting to sit back and, and, and look at this perspective. I think that this guy was trying to teach Jesus a lesson, if you look at it. He, he's judging Jesus in his own heart of how Jesus is responding to somebody. What would this scenario look like if that guy was truly grateful that he invited Jesus in and he came? Just think of that. What if this guy, when Jesus came, he treated Jesus in the same manner of respect that this woman had? Wouldn't that have been amazing? That's gratefulness. That's what we're talking about here. That's that, that word. That's how it pieces together. But it's not just for the things of God. I think if we have that in place, it overflows to each other. It'll overflow in your marriage. It'll overflow with your children. And it doesn't mean they don't have chocolate chip cookies involved. Some of them have some problems. Some of them have some things in there that you're not going to like. I guarantee you hang out with me any length of time. You'll be like, that Christopher guy, he's okay, but he does this. Guaranteed. You know why? Because I'm human. That's it. I have things that I think are funny or things that I, bad habits, or you name it, things I've put together. See, I've seen a person, let's just get practical for a second, here in our nation, what I'm seeing. I've seen a person wake up in the most amazing country in our world, and I've traveled to about 50 countries with a lot of you all over the place and seen some incredible things, and we have an amazing nation. Can you agree with that, please? Do we have an amazing nation? But you would think right now we don't. I watch people, even the church, walk around with their head down. I can't believe I live here. Come on. Please travel with me again then. If you need to get out of here to get some perspective, because we have an amazing nation but because of our lack of gratefulness, and don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean there's not problems. There's always been problems. Read history. It's not changed. We've always had problems. And right now, there are some problems happening. But man, there's people who wake up right now in this country and have nothing good to say about it. That's sad to me. Another one. I've heard a person, after years of being married, decide that what they have as a relationship has no value. Now, if you've been married for any length of time, you visited that conversation in your mind. If you've, you, there's no way you hung out with anybody for a long time without wondering, man, how long till he cleans up that mess? I'm just quoting my wife. I know I can read her mind. How long till? Or do I really have to forgive that? How could they do that to me? Come on. We've been married, right? These are real, real things. But I've seen people get so focused on the thing that did not work that they throw away all this stuff that's amazing because they got stuck here. And this is where these things like forgiveness, these things like patience and kindness really come into play. I've watched a child of God choose to walk away from their creator. Now, could they really do that? I don't know. That's just a whole theological conversation somebody else could have. That's not for today. But in their mind, they did. 
In their mind, they decided God has no more value. And for them, their chocolate chip cookie portion was that they just didn't like what God was doing. He wasn't a good enough genie in the bottle. He didn't do everything I wanted. This life is not meant to be like that. This life is going to have hardship. Jesus didn't fool you. He made it very clear. He said that exact words. So for us to walk around and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I have hardships. God, what are you thinking? He said, I told you. It's going to be filled with this stuff. Matter of fact, James tells us that to make us complete and whole, you're going to face some interesting times. Without them, you become veal. Do you guys know what veal is? Veal is a baby cow. I don't mean to make anybody sad, but they put it in a box. Don't let it walk so it makes sure it can taste good and has real lean meat. God does not want you to be veal. He wants you to be strong warriors. But you're going to have to face stuff. You're going to have to have all kinds of trials. And if you don't, then we're in trouble. But sometimes as Christians, we face trials and we lose this gratefulness to God for some weird reason. I've seen people go to work and hate every moment of their day. Can we not be thankful that we have a job? Can we not be thankful that God trusted us enough to be around a crazy group of people? So maybe you don't like the people at your work, let's say, but what if that's your mission field? Are you there on accident? And if you are, then pray about why you were disobedient to God, because I'm sure he has a place he really wants you. See, I'm around some crazy people sometimes. I'm in politics, and I'm a pastor. The two most crazy people are church people and political people. Say amen. Please say amen to that. Come on. Right? And, and I'm around all these, and you have a lot of opinions and thoughts and think, oh. And it's awesome, but I got to tell you, I believe I'm there with a purpose, even with the most extreme of thoughts. Even though each of these scenarios show us difficult things, I believe, and this is my challenge today, we're going to talk just a little bit more about it and be done. If that person would just slow down and begin a conversation with God to say, Lord, help me. Help me with my focus. Help me with my perspective. Help me with my expectations. I think things would change. Let's start it. We're going to start the conversation now. So our country definitely needs work. I'm not here. I mean, I'm running for Secretary of State with some of those reasons. I know, Sheriff, I know that uh, uh, we have Stan Hyatt running for Sheriff for some of those reasons. And I believe almost... I can't say everyone, so I'll say almost everyone, because I don't know everyone's heart. But I'd say most people running would say they're running because they're trying to make something better. People are stepping up. People are doing all kinds of things. But could you tell me right now, think about it, what is something you're thankful for for our country? Right now, really, what do you think? Yell it out. Freedom. Okay, that's all. We get to meet inside of a church and gather. That is huge. That is huge. And even when people step up and maybe say you can't, you still have a freedom to step out and push back against that. Those are things that if you travel with me to some of the other countries, I stood in China where they couldn't gather and they had a massacre because they were gathered together. And I guarantee that will happen again if they push again like that. In this country, we don't have that. Are you thankful for that? I am. I walk around and I, 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 I get to serve God. I get to be who I am. 
and we have a freedom to do so. Yes, they need to be fought for. Yes, we need to stand up and make our voice heard and make sure that's out there. But man, you live in an awesome country. Okay, how about your marriage? How many people are married today? Can you think of something you're thankful for? Come on. Now say it loud, loud. Come on, so your person next to you can hear it. Come on, go. Come on, yay. I'll tell you, it's amazing. We're going to do this, and you're already going to start smiling because you're like, wait a minute. Maybe I am grateful. You should be, I hope. It doesn't mean being grateful means you let everything else go, by the way. Sometimes people think, if I, well, if I get too excited and grateful, then all the bad things we're not going to deal with. That's silly. That's not true. We will deal with them, but we'll deal with them with a better perspective if you can have this in your heart. So how many of you walk with Jesus for quite some time? Are you thankful? Now I'm going to get hard for a second because I'm that guy who asks these kind of questions. Are you thankful? And the way you show you're thankful is by coming to church on Sunday? And that means you're thankful? Are you thankful because you put a bumper sticker on your car and you said, yay, I love Jesus, but you drive bad. But anyway, that's different. But <laughs> See, being thankful for the Lord, this is being grateful to God. There's a lifestyle that comes along with this that he, he's asking you for. Don't forget that. And it's one of those things to honor him and to lay down your life for him. You see, we know for a fact that we are saved by grace and grace alone, not because of what you have done, but what he has done. Grace, unmerited favor of God, amazing. However, because of that grace and mercy, my life will look differently because I am grateful for those things. But if we come and say, yes, I want grace, I want mercy, I want dot, 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 and then I don't live differently because of them, something's broken. Don't you think so? I do. And so with that, you have to keep that in motion. And one of the litmus tests is, what is God doing in your life on a regular basis every day outside of this room? All the time. What is he doing in your life, in your marriage, with your kids? Is their life growing? And if there's not, I'm not here to beat up on you because please be encouraged. But embrace what God has and let him renew some stuff. Because this life is amazing. If anybody should be walking around going like, woohoo, it's us. Especially right now. Man, there are people walking down with their heads low like we are just lost. I see it all the time. And I walk in the room, hi. Just like that. See what she did? She smiled back at me. You know why? Because she's thinking, this guy's nuts. What's wrong with him? But I have a joy in my heart. I truly am grateful. I am hopeful. I, I'm not running for office because I'm scared and mad. I'm running for office because I believe God has a great purpose and he wants to use me. But I think he wants to use you too. Okay, your job may have its days. But can you for a moment with me think of something you're thankful for at your work? Go. Come on. Some of you, it's a little harder, this one. You've been talking bad about your work, haven't you? I can tell. You're like, got to filter through that. Come on. Got a couple more? Amen. Sometimes the church, and not just Cornerstone, but the church. Now, I've been in, this, in church for years. I, since seven, eight years old, I've been in church, around churchy people, doing churchy things. And it gets weird sometimes. 
You would think, and here's the hard part about churchy things, is you let your guard down because you think everyone's safe. And then you learn they're not. Am I being honest? Come on. And then we get hurt. So we put that guard up, and we don't know what to do because we're supposed to be family, but we can't. You know, I mean, I know for a fact, I, I mean, and I don't mind that people leave church. We are the church at large. Whether you're at Cornerstone, wherever church you're at. When I senior pastored for 10 years, I know a lie. When people would come back, I'd be like, you came back. I'm so surprised because that means you have to listen to me again. Right? Why do I think you're going to come back every time? I don't even know. I, I was surprised. I'm like, cool. But if they went somewhere else, it's fine. You do what you got to do. But I would tell you this. Be where God has you and invest. Dive in. Protect. Don't expect the uh, perfection. Do you know that things get tiring at times? Know that leaders get tired. People get tired. You get tired. But we need to come in with this thankfulness to say, what are we thankful for? So real quick, what are you thankful for in church? Go. Yay. And hopefully these are the kinds of things. These are exercises you can do to keep your heart in the right place. Because if you wake up each day like most people and you read the news and social media, you know what you're doing? You're actually depressing yourself. You're refocusing on something that should not be focused on. So a couple more points, and I truly will be done. What tools do you need in place to find tr this treasure of gratefulness? Number one, discipline. This will not happen by accident. You won't walk out of here and all of a sudden have this. You have to stay focused, and it has to be the first thing that happens. When you wake up in your day, Look for what you're grateful for. When you walk into a bad situation, you know what those are. Stop and breathe for a moment. Say, Lord, before I deal with this bad thing, show me where to be grateful. Really? Now, you might say, Christopher, you are pushing it. I'm telling you that God is in control. And if we believe that, then even the worst of things he can be in. And I have a whole life to prove it, and so do you. Looking back over your life, you can see where God was in it. Most of us, that's easy. But when we're in it, it gets very hard. Imagine if you just slowed down for a minute and refocused. I met, I, I get to be a chaplain up north for a veteran's home. And there's a guy named Richard that passed away recently. He touched my heart greatly. Now, this guy did not have legs. He's a veteran from here down for the last 40 years. So I got to meet him in the latter part of his life, right before he passed away. And I get to come, and I see him every Tuesday night when we had chapel. And I bring, and I get to serve him communion because his arms didn't work. And I say, how are you today, Richard? And he smiled, and he said, I'm good. You know, when he did that, it made me feel like an idiot. Because I complained all day long about different things. I didn't let my back hurt that day or my knee, you know, whatever. Have you ever woke up, and you didn't do anything, but your ankle sprained? Come on, that's getting older. That's what we do. That's just weird. But this guy... Is, is in, he can only move because someone puts him in a chair and they wheel him around. But when you talk to him, he would just say, God is good. I've lived a good life. And he did this. I, I got to spend time with him about eight months towards the end of his life and just watch him. He was so encouraging to me. Why? Because his focus was disciplined. His focus was disciplined. He's never going to get out of that chair. Now he's in heaven. I believe he has whatever heavenly legs. I bet you can run faster than us at this point. But whatever is there, but his discipline was there. His focus was there. 
He was grateful because of where his eyes were. Now, the next one, you got to have ears to hear. Now, I say that. I'm actually personally just got hearing aids recently. Man, old age is a fun thing. I'm 49, and weird things start happening. So, like right now, if you talk to me, I might go, huh? You can ask my wife. She's all, oh, my gosh. You know, pray for her, that poor woman. Because now I can actually act like I didn't hear her. And I'm all, sorry, babe, didn't hear what you said. No, I'm just kidding. I, I never do that, honey. But this ears to hear thing is crucial. And because I know I have a little bit of hearing problem, I'm working on trying to help fix that. I'm going to apply that to what we're talking about today. We have to have, be able to listen to good things coming in our heart. And maybe because of something in your life, or maybe a problem you had, or maybe an explosion in your life, you're having a hard time hearing good things. Maybe you're having a hard time listening to the heart of God. Recognize it. Get some hearing aids. Get what you need to make sure you aren't losing the sounds that are so important. Because if you're not hearing from God in your heart, your gratefulness will die. It will atrophy. It'll be something you don't even know where to find. You got to have ears to hear. And if you're saying, well, I haven't heard from God in a long time. That's okay. It doesn't make you bad. It just means slow down. This is a time in life to really look and see what God has. Third, I said this earlier, you might need a magnifying glass. You have to look deeper than what's on the surface. The surface so many times looks so bleak. The surface looks crazy sometimes. Usually joy doesn't just pop out of the air. You have to look a little deeper. And so please take the time to dive down and see what God has. You also have to have a proper schedule. If you are wiped out and tired all the time, you will not find gratefulness. Guaranteed. Think of Elijah. Okay? He just got done running away from Jezebel, gets in the cave, and, and he's saying, God, why would you do this to me? Ah, he's depressed, sad. And what, what does God tell him? Sleep and eat, Elijah. You're going nuts. Pretty much what he does. He feeds him, puts him back to sleep, go to bed. You got to take care of yourself. You have to rest. You have to make sure you're healthy because you are not going to find good answers if your life is spinning. Matter of fact, you're going to find the worst answers because you have no patience for anything and your life just feels like this. Now, trust me, my schedule lately is worse than it's ever been. So I'm talking to myself here, but it is something I keep focusing on, how to get rid of things that don't need to be there, how to refocus and get the right things. And my final point is a trusted voice from outside of your circle. This is a problem for a lot of us. We like our little echo chambers. If I want to hear something good, I know I can go to certain people and they'll just tell me how great I am. Oh, and then I can leave going, oh, everyone says I'm doing great. Or maybe I'm in an echo chamber where everything sounds like it's going bad. But the truth is we need sometimes people from outside to look in and say, how, listen, you need to pay attention. You're not, you're not handling this well. One of those voices is the voice of God looking into our lives. Obviously, he's in our heart, but he's also able to see the whole picture. But I would also say there's people God has put in our life. We have to position ourselves, and I'm going to be truthful with you in this as well. The older I've gotten, the less I want to meet new people. Come on. And I love people. Like, I, I like, like meeting people, but does that mean I want them over for dinner all the time? No. I want the people I can, I, I can just hang out with and, and, you know, we can burp or whatever we need to do and it's funny and it's fine. But new people, you have to be like, 
It's weird. Our, like our, our friendship dendrites die or something. But I'll tell you what. The sad part is we get older, and also we lose friends. We've had a, lost a lot of friends during this COVID time, this last few years. You must replace them. You must let other people in your life. It's risky. It's hard. But you need them. I have a quick video I want to play, and I'm going to ask Pastor Greg and, and Pastor Mike to come up here if they would. This is a video from when I was a youth here at the church. Michael Hess found this for me. Michael Hess lives up north. I get to see him all the time. And uh, he sent me this video. I came back from a mission trip on Costa Rica, and they had me get up and share. So I was 17 years old, I believe. You guys got that ready? Look at that young guy. There is video. You might want to start it over. You got to turn it way up, I think. It looks like they only have one thing. Well, I can tell you what I say. I said something about how I went on a mission trip and God is just stinking awesome is the thing I said there. I'm not sure why it's not playing. It might be on two tracks. That might be why. But I remember being a young man and coming. And the reason I want to ask Pastor Greg and Pastor Mike to come up here is one of the things that I, I hope you're grateful for. I know I am. One, I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for the men I've got to serve alongside and also speak into my life. But I'm also thankful for men and women who are willing to train up people and let things move forward. That's not easy to do. I don't know if you realize that. I can tell you, I, I personally pastored church for 10 years and then felt like the Lord told me it was time for me to let that go, to go be in politics. Now, that's an interesting place to be because people are like, ah, can you do that? Well, I think it's an extension of ministry. I don't know what God has exactly for these guys in their next steps, and I'm sure they're wondering the same thing. <laughs> but your wife's wondering, you mean you're going to be home? What do you... <laughs> But I, I've watched this process happen over the years. And I know that you, you got David, you got Jesse, I mean, uh, Joey over here, and you got these guys ready to step up. You got a lot of leaders ready to move. You got a whole generation of people who definitely need to know God that I believe these are the right voice that are coming up. I mean, I, I say this. I'm, I'm old. I'm not. Uh, these are these are younger, younger group ready to take over. Matter of fact, I have a picture of you. How old are you, Joey, right now? Huh? 39. 39? Oh, my gosh. You're old. I'm just kidding. I remember I have a picture of you with my dad. I think you were 30, if I remember. I think you threw him in a pool. At a, yeah. Greg has always had that side of him. I think you threw my dad in a pool once. They can. <laughs> but Greg, Greg used to be a lot buffer than he is right now. I'm not saying I'm not picking on you, but my dad was 6'4", and you threw him in a pool. I remember being like, whoa. So I say this. I want to pray for these guys. These next few weeks, you're going to continue to see transitions around here. But it's not just about Cornerstone, what's happening inside the building. It's the lives of everybody. And with that said, these are men that have definitely worn the goods and bads of what comes out of church. They've been there at funerals. They've been there during financial conversations. They've been there through COVID and times where we were struggling financially, all those things. And I remember I got to used to be able to share these conversations. And I know when I left, I'm sure Mike was all, what, where'd he go? What is he? 
But I'll tell you what, I want to pray for them. And I'm, I am grateful for them. And I just, I just would encourage you that as this next seasons go, when people have change like this, they probably need to hear from you a little bit more how grateful that you are for what they've spoken in their life. Because I, I, I've seen that. And so I wanted to be one voice that stood up and just said, don't, don't forget that. That you have people who have, who have lived this out for a long time. And so can I pray for you guys as we close today? Dear Lord, I lift up Pastor Greg and Pastor Mike. Lord, in so many ways, this is uh, it's like so exciting. So exciting to see some change and this and that happening in their lives and in the life of this church. But Lord, it doesn't go without stopping and pausing to say thank you for the lives that have been transformed. But I'm one of them under this ministry that so many things formed in my life because of it. Lord, we can all sit back and look at the chocolate chip cookie portion that maybe that Christopher didn't like or whatever we didn't like about something and say, well, that's, that's just where I have to focus. But that's not where we should focus. we got to focus on the ingredients that are so good. There are so many great moments we've had together, so many more great moments to be had. And so, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, and I do pray for Galen and all the people who are walking through difficult moments. So, Lord, I pray even in their situation, God, that you show up and make yourself known. But, Lord, for, for Cornerstone, I, pr I pray for Pastor Joey, in Jesus' name, God, that as he steps forward, that you anoint him, give him favor. For his team around him, Lord, that they grant that favor, that they can move forward and really minister, continue to grow what they're doing right here. We love you, Lord, and we just truly thank you for the ministry we all got to be a part of. Thank you for your family. In Jesus' name, amen.